ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between, welcome to another episode of the Chaps Chat Cats, an AFLW uh, draft recap special. My name's Jake, and I'm joined in the virtual Zoom studios by Sambo and Johnny, as usual. How are you, chaps? Good. Yeah, going very well. Going very well as well. Thanks, Mitch. How about yourself? How are you? I'm well. I feel seen and heard and honoured to be asked, John. Um, so Fantastic. privileged to be joined today in the virtual Zoom studio uh, by a very special guest. We're joined by Peter Williams, the chief editor at Rookie Me Central, to talk all about Geelong's draft uh, picks that they've acquired this season, the 2022-2 season. Uh, now, Peter, it was a balmy one degree here uh, in northeast Victoria this morning. I gather it's somewhat warmer where you are up on the Gold Coast. Yeah, a little bit. It's not great, though. It's uh, it's uh, still a bit wet and yeah, a bit yuck all down the eastern seaboard. I think it's it's supposed to be sort of a top of 17, 18 today. So it's not the worst compared to Melbourne, but it's not. It's it's not bragging weather, at least. I, I wouldn't say that. It's, uh, hopefully it gets a bit better, but, yeah, it's, it's pretty yuck. Um, but at least it's not, yeah. As I know, down in Melbourne, it can get pretty cold. So, yeah, I'll, at least it's I'll use that as fuel when my relatives up that way tell me how good the weather is up there today. I'll say, well, I have it on good authority that, it, that, that you haven't got so much to rub in today. <laughs> yeah, not, not a crash hot day. Hopefully better tomorrow, but we'll see. So you're up at the... Uh... Is it an under-16s, under-18s footy tournament? How's that all going? Yeah, so it's the um, it's a nice split at the moment between the girls and the boys. Obviously, the girls finished up with the draft. They've still got the, the Queensland Women's League that's happening. But aside from that, they're, they're pretty much all done and dusted. So it's sort of that nice split. And even though the, the boys' leagues have been running throughout the season, this is their uh, championship. So... Um, the 16s and the 18s. So obviously for the 18s, um, you know, it's the players that are eligible this year, as well as a few that are eligible, uh, you know, next year for the for the better players. And then they're also playing the 16s, which is those that are eligible in 2024 uh, and 2025 for a few. So um, they're the 06-born, 07-born for, for the ones that are yeah, it makes you feel a bit old, I guess, when you're sort of watching check them. And check and check, yep. How young they are, yeah, when they, when they get there. But, uh, yeah, so basically they have a bit of a tournament up here, just like they did for the, the girls uh, throughout April. Um, the girls used to be all in one week like this, but because of, you know, COVID and everything else is happening, they wanted to basically fly the teams in and out for the girls' champs, which made it a lot more difficult. But um, the boys have done similar, but they've at least tried to put them in one place for now. But yeah, it's it's a pretty hectic time because we um one of the games was at Icon Park in Melbourne. Uh, that was uh, Vic Metro up against WA for the 18s, and we had to sort of dash to the airport that night because then on Sunday we had a, a game up in, at the Gabba that we went to. That was um, the other under 18s champs between Allies and Big Country. Um, and then the last two days we've been at Metricon Stadium where you've had the uh, the 16s champs, both the the Div Two, which is all the Northern Academies and, and Northern Territory and Tassie taking, uh, going head to head. And then you've also got uh, the Div 1 teams that played yesterday, which was your Metros, South Australia, WA and country. So, um, and then what basically happens is we've got a couple of days now where I, we don't have footy at least. So we get a bit of a break, um, just 
covering it all, like sort of working on it. And then uh, we fly to Adelaide on Friday because there's a triple header down there in, uh, yeah, in Adelaide. So we're going to go see that with one of the 18s and two of the 16s and then, uh, yeah, make the way back to Melbourne after that. So um, pretty busy week, but yeah, it, it's pretty fun. So. Yeah, wow. I, I imagine it's one of those, a bit of those uh, make hay while the sunshine kinds of kinds of thing where when these things are on, you got to make the most of it. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Look, it's, it's great fun. And like I said, it's one of the, the best jobs because like we're watching footy, getting paid for it, traveling around. It, it, it's just an amazing um, experience and job. And um, yeah, like it's so many people just enjoy doing it. And then it's just like to be able to just, yeah, have it as your job is just fantastic. Um, yeah. especially seeing all these players and, and seeing them develop. And um, yeah, it, it's so rewarding. Awesome. How did you find your way into the, the position you're in now? Is this hard work or a bit of hard work and a bit of luck? Yeah, yeah. But I, I'd say a bit of both. I, um, I would say that like it, it probably all started back in 2012. I remember like many people, I sort of heard the champs were on, decided to go. Um, that was the, the championships. Uh, where it sort of had like your, your Louis Taylors were the bottom ages and your Ollie Wines and all this kind of stuff. And I thought, oh, they look really good for next year. Um, so the first couple of interviews I had was sort of Ollie Wines and, and Jake Stringer. And, and it was kind of like, yeah, this is quite interesting. Um, I quite enjoy it. And we kind of just, I was with a group of friends and said, look, no one really writes about it. Um, we wouldn't really know it's on other than if we were searching for it deliberately. So I thought, oh, we might actually just write about it and start a, bit of a website and see how we go um and it went from sort of i think in the first year of course you're barely getting any numbers like any kind of blog or anything like that and you're like oh yeah but it's just fun we're enjoying it and it kept growing and growing and i remember we had to develop to go from like your your wicks or your basic kind of you know ten dollar a month or whatever free to that kind of pricing up to at one stage you got to over 300 a month because we were just building and draft night was just going insane and um Basically what had happened was obviously I was still working. I would worked as a journalist as a sort of in the meantime. Um, and I remember sort of approaching someone from rookie me, the CEO, Adam Damashki, and just sort of saying to him, cause I'd heard that they were into the under 18s footy. And I sort of said, Hey, we know that you sort of, you know, cover kids, do the Academy kind of stuff. We help, um, you know, teach them stuff like that. Would you like to be a sponsor to help cover costs? And it kind of went along the lines of him sort of, basically saying, hey, we were looking at sort of doing a news um, sort of outlet type thing in the future, basically doing what you're doing. Would you, you know, like to come on and, and sort of run it full time to sort of be the first one? And I was like, you know, you're asking me to do something uh, paid that I'm doing for free anyway. Um, yeah, that, that's a pretty good deal as far as I'm concerned. So, um, yeah, I, I went on and, um, yeah, sort of the rest is history because from then on we sort of we've grown and we've had a few more full timers come on and a lot of volunteers that have helped us over the years and, and whatnot. So it's yeah, we're we're definitely wanting to be that sort of independent kind of sports news site because we sort of expanded to other other codes. But um certainly that draft, both the men's and, and the women's, is um is the main aspect that we focus on. And um yeah we, we cover a lot of lot of games a lot of work it's uh, yeah definitely a lot of hard work but it's uh yeah really rewarding yeah that's fantastic that's inspiring for us to hear the <laughs> success means that we we're in a sort of similar yeah, we're, we're, we're there that that's starting end at the moment yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's amazing yeah, but, um 
the coverage you guys do and everyone should head along and go to central.rookieme.com. Um, I, I guess I stumbled upon, you know, the draft profile work you guys do. I know last year uh, when we did some draft stuff, you know, just covering our thoughts on the cats. And um, as someone who's a, a massive uh, NFL fan and the draft coverage that the NFL does, um, I was so excited to discover what you guys do, which is sort of, you know, in my opinion, sort of akin to that, you know, it just gives people, you know, us as fans, such an access um, to information on those players. It's, it's an invaluable um, resource. Um, Want to just transition, I guess, to talking about the AFLW and likewise on the coverage you guys do for that. The draft profiles are just awesome. Um, and, and give us so much more detail on players that we don't really get to watch. Um, so the Cats had just the three picks in this 2022-slash-two um, draft. Uh, they, they traded away a lot of picks, which we, we sort of, we made sense of in our heads in the end. You know, we managed to, you know, bring in some experience and that sort of thing. Um, but then we've got these three rookie selections um, in Mia Skinner, uh, Brooke Plummer, and Abby McDonald. Uh, and I'll, I suppose I'll throw to you, Sam, uh, first up. Uh, you've got some sort of questions, mm. yeah, on, on one of those prospects. Uh, yeah, specifically, I was, I was going to start us with, uh, with Brooke Plummer. And I guess the, the, the best way to start is just to ask just a brief summary overview from your point of view of, of what she brings to the table. Yeah, so Brooke was a, a player we sort of identified as, as draftable in her bottom age year last year. She started off as that sort of uh, winger. She's she's 165, but she sort of plays taller than that. She's got a bigger body, like she's strong. Um, she's a bit of a unique type because most wingers, in, in particularly in junior levels, are, are quite light, um, lightly framed, really quick, that kind of thing. She, she's not lightning quick, but she's got enough speed about her that she's really uh, able to impact a game and she's got the strength, which is what really sets her aside. And what I thought was interesting was the fact that uh, when she went to Metro, uh, they moved her into a defensive role. So she actually played as a rebounding halfback, which I quite liked because sometimes clubs can go, Oh, for the wingers, we only want, you know, the ones with elite skill or elite speed and that kind of thing. And while hers, uh, her traits were still quite solid across the board, like she ticked a lot of boxes there were others that might be higher than her, but the way that she beats others is the fact that she's got that sort of uh, penetrating kick as well as her strength one-on-one. So by being able to play defensively, she's able to one sort of be accountable and beat her opponent one-on-one, but also still provide that run that she provided on the wing um, just in defense. So she often did the kickouts, things like that. She's, um, a, as I said, a really long kick of the ball. She's got clean hands. The number one thing that sort of a lot of people say um, out of the, the Knights in particular is sort of her character. She's a, um, a natural leader. She gets around players, that kind of thing. Um, she's someone who's got a great attitude. And I, I think the move into defence was a really good one because I think that went from her being a possible draftee into one that we were more likely saying she was because it just helped her with that kind of regard. Um, she's still got some improvements to make, like, um, the decision-making times, like she's very much a, a run and gunner, kick long, like that kind of aspect out of defense, which isn't too bad at junior level, but look, it usually pays off. 
um, and things like that. Because end of the day, she, she has gone mid-draft, so it's obviously not a top 10 pick. There's things to work on. Um, you know, some of the defensive craft, but in terms of her ability to transition from a wing to a defence um, was, was really good. So, yeah, she's yeah. definitely really transformed her game in that way. Oh, awesome. And I mean, from the, from the, the character aspect, it sounds like she'll add to, uh, we love, we love to talk about the culture down at the cats and it sounds like she'll definitely <laughs> add, add to that. Uh, do you have thoughts specifically, you know, talking about her being a winger that then dropped back? Do you have thoughts about specifically how she'll slot into the cats? Do you think there's a like for like replacement with someone we lost? Um, I look, I, I think it's interesting because I think she can play sort of, both those roles, if required, I do think that in, in defensively, she's able to sort of, I don't know, roam back. I mean, like, I'd, I'd almost say that kind of Millie Brown loss, but not quite. Like, she's similar, but um, not quite as much. Like, she hasn't had the experience as an intercept marker as much. Mm-hmm. So, like, when I say she's sort of played in defence, she's often, yeah, null, um, nullifying an opponent. So, looking to spoil or, or beating in that way. And then usually she'll take the kickouts or be the receiver to run out and, and kick. So while I'm sure she could be um, that intercept marker, I think she plays a little bit differently. So I'm not sure she'll be a, a, an exact like for like for that. Yep. But if I was Geelong, I'd probably be playing her in the same role she did for Metro in the back line, because I think that that really suits, suits her strengths and uh, reduces uh, the area she needs to work on. So I think that that really helps in that regard because yeah she's able to run off she's able to do that and, and full credit to her because she played on um georgia mckee who at that stage was leading the goal kicking for south australia who by the way is probably going to be pick one in, in a couple of years like mm-hmm. she's an insane talent um now she's quite short she's incredibly quick all that kind of thing when we saw brooke lining up on her at first we're like gee this this could be a worry because she's just elite quick where brooke we knew would beat her in the air she was strong but she was just so good at reading that sort of play and being able to understand and um, using her body right to beat an opponent, which for me ticked a box and I'm sure it did for the cats as well. Sort of going, okay, if she does get stuck on a really quick player that will be quicker than her, can she still beat them? And she did on that day, like she kept her goalless um, and it looked really impressive. So for me, I think that's what really um, drove up her draft stocks purely because she sort of showed she could play on a quicker player and, and beat them by using her strengths. So I think she's a very clever player and someone who can play a variety of roles. But yeah, it, it was one, that was a big question mark. How did she go against quicker players? And she definitely was able to tick that box against McKee, who's one of the quicker ones. So definitely a, a really good uh, effort there. Oh, that's, it's, it's super exciting to hear. And I'm, I'm very, very intrigued to see, you know, how they utilize her and, and how she steps up to this, uh, the, the plate uh, in the, in the, in the coming season. Um, uh, happy to throw to you now, Johnny, which are the, which are the, the draftees was it that you were hoping to bring up? Um, I was going to bring up Abby McDonald. I'll get your, it's never Sam, your overview on Abby McDonald's um, few years in the under-18s and 19s and whatnot. Yeah, no, so Abby's out of the cold of cannons. She is what you would define as a, a literal utility. She can, she's played back forward mid, um, a little bit on the short side, 162 centimetres, but she's pretty tough. She attacks it really hard. She's someone who um, is not afraid of the contest. Uh, you know, she'll take on players much bigger than her. She's generally uh, got a, quite a bit of speed about her too, so she can nip in and around. 
Um, she thrives on that contested ball. She's more of a contested ball winner rather than an uncontested ball winner. So I think that's probably her go. Um, whether she's an in and under, um, I don't know. Like there's always the question marks over the the height, even in the women's. I know we do have some some shorter inside mids across the comp, but whether or not she plays there or plays on the outside. Um, the one thing that I've noticed with her, like the years leading up, she had a little bit more of an outside role and like she was quite a uh, efficient kick of the ball, quite, um, I guess, calm and composed, that kind of thing. She maintained her calm and, and composure, but I did notice when she went inside a little bit, the consistency wasn't quite as, as effective. And again, we are talking about a player that wasn't in the top 10. Um, so just that kicking consistency that, um, she could probably improve on when under pressure, which does happen a lot to players. Like it happened to Charlotte Baskerin, who did go top 10. Like when she went inside, she sort of found it a bit tougher. I think that's the challenge for Abby, just sort of when she's under pressure, being able to kick that consistently like she's on the outside. But if you play her on the outside, then she's able to more, more than, you know, able to do it. And um, she's just also building that endurance base is the other aspect. So just being able to improve over four quarters, um, but certainly in terms of her defensive pressure, she's a, a high-level tackler, well, someone who doesn't mind to, to get her hands dirty. She'll burrow in. She'll win the hard ball. She'll burst away. She's she she's another one that sort of ticks a lot of boxes. She doesn't necessarily have an elite trait, which, again, at, at the picks you're having, you're unlikely to find someone that has, like, many, many elite traits. Otherwise, you'd be going, why on earth didn't they go top 10? Um, but as a whole, she just ticks a lot of boxes. So, um I think sort of between her and, and Brooke, you're sort of looking at a couple of picks that are as safe selections. Like they've got a lot of boxes that you go, yeah, she's good at this or she's above average at this. She's good at like, she just ticks a lot of boxes. And I don't think there's anything that is um, majorly wrong with what that they, they do. So I don't think there's anything you go on. Oh, no, I can't believe like, you know, we're going to worry about this or worry about that. I, I think that, they've just got a lot of things that um, are good overall. So it makes them someone who can, um, yeah, play a lot of roles and, and, and be able to do it. And again, she's another one who comes with high character and, and really regarded by the Canons uh, and someone they've rated for, for a number of years. Awesome. The vibe I was getting from your article that I read early this week was a lot of Amy McNoddled vibes as well. I feel like she's going to meld well with Amy. Do you reckon that, that's, that's a fair assumption by my end well i mean there's only three letters difference between yeah. them really. so, um, <laughs> pretty easy to spot that um between them but yeah she could definitely play in there i'll be interested i'm not sure whether she'll play sort of that midfield i i think she probably won't play midfield straight away just because of that endurance and and working on that and and in in my opinion obviously midfield's an area that that you guys have had um with quite a few i guess inside ball winners so from that aspect i think she's more likely to almost play a similar role to, to Brooke um, off that halfback flank, but she could play half forward. Like she's literally played everywhere. So um, I, I don't think she's a, a round one starter, but she could be someone who, if she has a big preseason and she works on it, she could be someone who sort of slots in anywhere. And um, it's a, it's a really good um, sort of trait to have. Cause if you need a forward or like, even if she's playing in defense and, and a forward goes down with injury, she can quickly jump to there or same with midfield. She can rotate through there. So she's definitely one of the most, versatile players in in the draft crop for sure so something that sort of stuck out to me um reading your aflw draft team review uh on the website was you know one of the key themes was about character and work rate um which is something that 
we really noticed, um, you know, it's last... spoiling with the culture. Yeah, the, the <laughs> last season was there was this real like to us this this shift in almost draft profile of what the cats are looking for in those players who are willing to get their hands dirty, tough players, um, hardworking players. I think of players like Annabelle Johnson, who in the four games she played last year, we were blown away um, by her uh, ability. But the Cats, with their third selection uh, in this draft, they go and get a player, or it was actually the first player they took out of their three, but a player who's already been on their list once, Mia Skinner, who had two sort of injury-riddled seasons with the Cats. Uh, she was, I think, originally drafted in 2019. So she's back now after having a big VFLW season. She booted 21 goals uh, for the Cats at VFLW level. What are your thoughts on Geelong bringing back Mia Skinner for this season? Yeah, like when she was initially delisted, I remember thinking she was pretty stiff, but you, you kind of understood. Like obviously if you're injured the whole time, you don't get to show you show you where. She was one of those that did the same thing at, at Nabali girls level. She she dominated in front of goal, kicked 19 goals. I think she even won the, won the goal kicking off the top of my head from memory in that year. Um, she kicked 19 in, in 10 games and was just a really damaging forward. And I don't think at the AFLW level, well, obviously AFLW level, but over that time while she was on the list, she wasn't able to, to showcase that um, even at VFLW level. So I think she's finally got that run uh, this year. She's been able to get a bit of continuity into her game. She's been able to, you know, kick those goals, be a consistent player, been able to hit the scoreboard. Um, and I think that's something you probably need. Like you need that extra scoring option and, and things like that. And I think, it's a ready-made talent, knows the program, knows the system. And I think it shows credit to her because she's obviously been delisted. You often see a lot of players go to another VFLW club or go to another, um, you know, a region completely or or whatever it is because, you know, they go, oh, well, that's my thing done, whatever. Um, the fact that she stayed makes me think that potentially, obviously it might be location, but also the fact that perhaps – there was a bit of a conversation when she left, like, hey, if you can get your body right and have a good season, put some stuff together, let's see what happens in the future type thing. And and sure enough, like, she's been able to do that. And on draft night, I remember asking uh, someone from Geelong, sort of just sort of saying, oh, that, that was a bit of a surprise. And I said, you know, would other clubs have had some interest in her? And they sort of said that, you know, 20-plus goal kickers in, in the VFLW don't come around too easily. So... Um, yeah, they were pretty keen to get her on the list, which it, it, it was a very interesting selection. Like it's a good selection, but it was an interesting one because obviously at that stage, you've got, you know, quite a few young talents still floating about that they could have got, but they've backed her in to, to be fit and, and be able to impact. And she's clearly one that from round one, you can plug her in straight away. Um, you know, she's proven it at a state league level. She's proven it at a junior level. Um, she's someone who's very, very dangerous. Um, and I think that, if given the time um, and continuity, obviously, as I said, like she'll she'll be quite dangerous inside fifty at AFLW level. So uh, yeah, it, I think it's a, a nice selection and gives faith to the program too. Because if you're drafting players from your VFLW program, it, it tells other players, hey, come here and, and impress, and we'll we'll think about you, consider you. So um, yeah, it's definitely a big plus in, in more ways than one. Yeah, I think. Um... It's interesting to me to sort of read about Mia Skinner and, and you know, the 20-goal season. Given, you know, we've seen Phoebe McWilliams go to Carlton, 
uh, we were massive fans of Olivia Barber, who was traded to Collingwood. So uh, I'm wondering if that's sort of the selection there. Um, speaking of the VFLW program, we were absolutely shattered to lose Tamara Smith to uh, the Hawks. Mm. Um, she was a big podcast favorite. Um, <laughs> Sambo, I'll let you sort of close us out with, with some, a final question here. Um, well, it's a bit of a, a bit of a crystal ball gazing question, I suppose, to, to look at the future. And it's, it's a little bit unfair in favor of, of Skinner because she's had a little bit more experience. And as you say, part of has, is part of the system and they clearly back her, but, um, casting aside the fact that we don't know when the other two will, will debut. If, if they all, all three of them were round one starts, who, who do you back to have the biggest impact this season if all three of these picks are, are round one starters, say? Yeah, well, if they're all round one, as you said, sort of uh, Mia Skinner would be the one you'd, yeah. you'd go with. She's pretty made. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, it's a bit unfair. Out of the other two that are um, pretty even, I'd probably go with uh, Brooke Plummer purely mm-hmm. because she's got the extra endurance and a bit bigger, a bit stronger, a bit ready-made for sort of senior footy. Um, so she's someone that I think uh, will transition easier purely because of the way she's built and, and the role she can play uh, and things like that. So I think she would be someone that could still be in line for round one. I, I wouldn't be surprised, but mm-hmm. um, if not, I think she'll definitely get a crack at some point during the season. So yeah, I'd probably say her. Excellent. I'm, as I said before, I'm, I'm super excited to, to see, um, you know, to see the, see this stuff, the, 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 this come to fruition and the um, see that what she brings out on the field for the cats. Cause uh You've you've got me hyped up for sure. Yeah, <laughs> she sounds like the, the classic kind of Sam player, the kind of player that I I will get really <laughs> really into following. Yeah, um, no, nah, they're going to be good kids. So yeah, it's going to be interesting, and all of them, of course, too, because they know that the hard work starts now. So yeah. hopefully they can make something of themselves. And sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But hopefully, yeah, they've got their chance. So it's good for them. Absolutely. Uh, Thanks so much for uh, giving us your time, Peter, to come on. Know you're a busy man. Uh, Everyone should head over to central.rookieme.com and read the fantastic work um, that Peter and lose some hours in all of that information that's there. (laughs) That's right. Absolutely. Thanks so much for coming on. Hard work's gone into it. Yeah, no, not a problem at all. Yeah, I can guarantee you it's more hours getting it done than it is to read it. So, <laughs> um, yeah, read it. Awesome. Thanks awesome. very much and best of luck with the Thank rest you. of your work this week. Enjoy the Gold Coast. All right. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me on.